Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian, Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 5. If you've tuned into previous episodes, you'll know that I've dropped in with guests sharing their stories about how they've overcome their fears. In episode 5, we hear about how growth doesn't come quickly, very relevant at the moment, as most of us are having to reflect about our past and think about our futures due to COVID-19. So let's get to it and let me introduce who I'll be dropping in with next on episode 5. She's from Nova Scotia. She grew up a Buddhist. She's been through a lot of transitions in her life. From opera to rock and roll, our next guest is no stranger to having cameras and microphones in her face. She has been the host on a morning TV show. She's toured as a lead singer and is currently co-host of Hometown Hockey. This mother, wife, daughter, friend, TV personality, broadcaster is a rock star. We're dropping in with Tara Sloan. Hello, Miss Tara Sloan. How are you? Well, I think I'm okay. I mean, I think uh, it's sort of like a different question than it used to be, isn't it? 100%. Um, ultimately, I'm fine. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I'm able to be home, which I understand is a total privilege. So I'm okay, but you know, up and down, like I have good days. I have bad days. I have, I have hard days. And Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So sure. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a reasonable answer right now. So for our listeners that don't know, Tara and I met um, just about a year ago when Hometown Hockey came to Whistler. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the highlights for me was we got to go on a helicopter ride together. It was really fun. And <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, that's your home and you you know the landscape and you speak the language and it was just like such a pleasure to to see it with you and to experience it with you, but also just be in your glow because you're just, you're so lovely. <laughs> you're so kind. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I got to meet you because now I get to kind of share you with my listeners. Uh, first, what we do on dropping in is a rapid fire 10 questions, which you have not seen yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? So my listeners will get to know you a little bit more. Okay. Okay. Number one, screen time or book? Oh, I wish I could say book right now, but it's totally screen time. Ugh. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it is. Okay. So what was the last show that you watched? Uh, the Last Dance. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched that one yet. I've heard good things. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Okay. On a scale from one to 10, how good you are at keeping secrets? Mm, I'm going to give me, I'm going to give myself a, I'm going to give myself a nine. Yes. 
Okay. Number four, singing or dancing? Oh, singing for sure. (laughs) What about after a couple drinks? Still singing. Always singing. (laughs) Yeah. Always singing. Okay. What was your last Halloween costume? Oh, gosh. I think, well, it wasn't a very thorough costume, but I kind of dressed up like a lobster to take my daughter <laughs> trick-or-treating, but it was minimal effort. You just threw a lobster together? I have like a lobster hat and a red, like one piece um, long underwear. <laughs> so that was it. That was a lobster. I respect that. Okay. Number six, beer or liquor? Oh, beer. <laughs> beer. Number seven, what new skill have you learned in the past two months? Well, I mean... I- you know, I, I, I'm ashamed to admit this because I'm a musician and I should have known how to set up my own audio interface, but uh, I actually have recorded some, some vocals into GarageBand in my computer, which I had actually never done myself before. So no, I'm not a whiz, but I would say getting a little audio set up has, has been an Yes. accomplishment for sure. That makes me so happy because I had to do like a full-on tutorial on how to edit a podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like I can't even, yeah, the difference, like ring lights and microphones and it's crazy. It's so awesome. Okay. Um, number eight, have you ever worn, this is going to be really telling, <laughs> <laughs> socks and sandals at the same time? No. Thank not, you. No, I have not. I really <laughs> I have not. I just that's just like a faux pas. I don't know that I can get past. <laughs> I like I I see I see it with the Birkenstocks fairly often, but yeah, it's con- contradictory to me. It doesn't make it any sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number 9, what did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> well, okay. T- this is highly unusual, but I discovered a new little patisserie, like a little bakery in our neighborhood um, that, and they have incredible croissant as it turns out. So I had croissant for breakfast, but I'm, that's like really not what I usually eat. Just that one? Was, just one. <sighs> Warm. But it, I mean, it was like full of like, there's like a stick of butter in there. So they're so good. When I, when I would travel, cause we would travel in Europe all the time and compete. I would not, there'd always be a buffet of all of the fresh, everything so good. But so good. I was like, not until you're done competing. Are you allowed to have those? It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's very decadent. So I, I don't know what I did to earn it today, but I, I treated myself. I respect that. Okay. Number 10 is one that I've been asking for this 10 series episode. And it should bleed into your story about overcoming fears, but mm. what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Wow. Well, what pops into my mind, I mean, I think that there are a lot of like career things I've done in terms of sort of jumping in with, you know, both feet. Um, but I don't know. I'm here at home with my daughter. <laughs> I think like having a kid. Um I mean, in some ways, I mean, we all, not we all, but I mean, we're kind of, you know, it's what humans do, but I think becoming a parent, uh, giving birth at, uh, 
I don't know if it's bravery, but it's something. Uh, I would say it's brave. <laughs> we had her at home too. So that, that was, uh, that was something else. That's even more brave. I love <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the rapid fire. I think everyone learned a little bit more about you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to go into is really, um, I wanted to touch on, cause I think you are brave in transitioning. You mm. went from school opera to rock singer in a band. You tried out for the, um, in excess mm-hmm. band and then now you're a broadcaster. I mean, there were tiny like other steps in between there with um, the morning show and everything like that. But like you said, jumping in just head first mm-hmm. into the transitions, can can you like share a little bit on how you felt when you made your first transition from, I would say, singer to yeah. broadcaster? You know, it was um, it was hard because I think we a lot of us get hung up on our identity as the something, right? And for mm-hmm. me, I'm, I, you know, I, I really depended upon my identity as Tara, the, the rock singer. Um, and so it did take me a long time to, to kind of find the resolve um, and the necessity that I had to move out of music. I just, you know, I, I had given it my all for a decade and I had, a good amount of success, but I mean, ultimately it was just, it was too much, too hard to make a living. The inconsistency of it was really challenging for me. And I knew I had to do something else, but the shedding of that identity was very hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I floundered in that for a bit. And I would say that it wasn't until I actually kind of accepted that it was going to change for me that the universe started to align in ways where I could actually make the transition. It wasn't until I kind of got out of this gray area of like, should I, shouldn't I, I don't know if I can do this. Um, And I just was like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And so it's, it's almost like I had to say it out loud in order for the universe to hear me. Um, And it, you know, it continued. Like I, you know, I got my first job as a, an entertainment reporter and, I was really lucky to, to get a job in television the way that I did. Um, but I, you know, I struggled not being Tara, the, the, the rock singer, the rock star. I and then I think you are a rock star because <laughs> I've seen you. you on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, those things continue. Like I remember when I became a mother, I struggled with a new identity then too, yeah. because I, when my daughter was, uh, a year old, I got a job hosting a morning show in Calgary. And so, you know, I was a mother in the workforce for the first time. And I was identified as a morning show host, which was very different for me than being Tara the rock star, you know? So that was like, that felt a million miles away. And I struggled with that too. Yeah. Can I, can I just go back to that gray zone? I just want to get a timeline for our listeners. You said, um, before you dove in, you had that kind of wavering time. Mm -hmm. How, how long was that time? Would you say? I'm going to say, I mean, I, I really, in some ways it was almost like five years, but in some ways it was a year and a half or something. 
I mean, I, I kind of knew my band broke up in 2002 Mm -hmm. and I knew that I wanted to record more music. Um, but you know, I didn't feel so defined in what I was doing. And then in 2005, it was when Rockstar and Excess came about and I did that and I kind of, I put out a solo record. So it, it was sort of when my solo album didn't really go where I wanted it to um, at the beginning of 2007. And then, so yeah, maybe my timeline's wrong, uh, but I would say there's like a solid year of like having to face that my career as a musician couldn't be a full-time job anymore. Which is, which is completely normal and I think very relevant for the times that we're in right now oh, because God, yes. a lot of people are going to be going through a transition. A lot of people have lost their jobs, might need to reinvent themselves. And so that's why I ask what the timeline is because me being a snowboarder, I've been retired for two years from competition and it's not like I just picked something up and went for it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of reflecting time. And uh, I appreciate that you are honest with that that timeline of at least a year. It doesn't oh, come God. easy. No, no. <laughs> and it was very painful. And I, I, you know, I think that's part of like, you know, with my job with Hometown Hockey, um, you know, many of our guests are uh, retired hockey players. And so I, I feel it. Like I know how hard it must be to come out of something that you've excelled at and um, all of a sudden you don't feel like you're that anymore. And it's, it's tough. And it is, it's something that we go through, I think a number of times in our life. And mm-hmm. for some people, it's really uh, hard to overcome. On my last episode, I had a skier that turned into a coach and had an accident where he broke his neck and he had to relearn everything. Um, mm-hmm. And he is walking again, but in his story, he says, if you're not growing, you're not learning. Um, and that's where like the growth happens is when you're learning and when you're getting out of your comfort zone. So you saying that you're diving in like head first to these opportunities, would you say that um, things that came with it were maybe not at the time that you thought were growth, but you maybe were in like, I don't want to put words in your, in your mouth, but for me, I w I was like, would be into a depression until I'd mm-hmm. made something of myself and accomplished something. So when you got that morning show job, were you like, all right, really going for it? Feeling better. <laughs> um, in some ways, like, I mean, you know, I definitely have had lots of emotional dips in my, in my life and along my career path. Um, you know, what I feel good about are those times, like I kind of weigh things like when opportunities arise, if I will regret not having pursued that opportunity, I generally do it. And not only, not that those opportunities are not always <laughs> what you want them to be. Like for me, Rockstar in Excess was that. I wasn't so sure about it. Um, and really it came down to, okay, if I don't do it, is this going to be something I'll regret in my life? And to tell you the truth, I did not have a good time on that show. Interesting. It was really hard. It was really, um, it was profoundly difficult on our, all of our egos. I think we all came out of it depressed. Right. Um, and I say that like truthfully. Um, but I know that I would have regretted not having done it. And as it turns out, it became the catalyst for my transition into television. Right. It opened up a lot of doors. 
it, yeah, it did nothing for my music career, but it, <laughs> it, it, but it moved me. It moved, me. it moved me into TV. So, I mean, I think sometimes, yeah, it's not immediately apparent what, um, what it will provide and what, what kind of lesson you'll learn. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's really helpful to like not hang on to those identifiers so much, you know, yeah. like our self-confidence if we can try to build it. And I say this aspirationally, I don't see this as somebody who's mastered it. <laughs> but if we can kind of build our self-confidence in a way that it doesn't matter how we're viewed. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I feel that I have to put a title on everything because once I'm done snowboarding, everyone's like, well, what are you doing now? I'm like, can I just, I don't know yet. And it's okay mm-hmm. to not know, but then you get this job title. And that's what kills me, going from an athlete to understanding the corporate world, where you're like, why does a job title define who you are? Yeah, it's like we're so just socialized that way. It's it's very interesting. Okay, I want to be cognizant of your time. And I have this new little bit on here because you have just given us so much to think about. But I have listeners that were very excited to hear from you, and I have a couple questions from them. (laughs) So number one from the fan is, how did you find the transition into broadcasting? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the... Like I talked about, it was was challenging, but I think I was very lucky. You know, Mm -hmm. I was... I, I think my career as a musician and being on stage and having been interviewed a million times, just like you, Mercedes, like you kind of know, um, what's up. Yeah. And you know, kind of, you know, you can identify with your subject and you also know like what's a bad (laughs) interview. Like, you know, it's very true. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? feeling? (laughs) Or like, what's, tell us about your album. Well, what what do you mean? Like, you know, so you kind of know. And so I think I was very fortunate um, to be kind of at at the right place at the right time. But the right time, again, only came about when I made a series of of decisions. So, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, lots of people helped me along the way. And I'm I'm just very grateful that that I was able to find my way into, into this. Awesome. Okay. Another one. Did you have to train your voice differently? to be a broadcaster? No, I don't think so. But I would say that my training as a singer and I went to theater school too. So I, you know, there's a lot of voice training in theater. And I mean, I, the vocal warmups that I do, even if I do it for a minute, all come from my vocal training, both as a, as a singer and as an actor. So very cool. Yeah. These are great questions. I think. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. How did you cope when technology around you fails <laughs> and keep your composure on screen? Yeah. Um, you know, I, for that, I have to say that spending five years on a morning show when you're, you're on the air for three and a half hours every weekday um, and stuff happens, you know? So I'm kind of a fan of transparency. Yeah. So. <laughs> Like at, at a certain point, you, you can't just ignore that there's like a light, you know, hang, dangling <laughs> in the background <laughs> or that somebody just walked through the weather shot. Like, so, I mean, 
I, I think it's, it's reps. Like the more you do it, the more you can kind of roll with the punches and um, you're used to having things happen and people talking your ear. But also I think the viewers appreciate that you break the fourth wall and yeah. say, you're human. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, okay, wait, we're, we're just going to let this person pass through the shot. We can keep I love that. it. I have a personal one now. I get the giggles and sometimes oh, yeah. I'll get like, <laughs> I can't stop. Does that ever happen to you? Mm-hmm. And then it's what? Totally. And then you lose it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I've done it less on hometown hockey because I think that show just moves so fast. Yeah. Uh, although I have to say our second intermission, Ron and I tend to, that's when we're getting maybe a little bit tired. So, um, sometimes I've, I've been on the verge, but I don't think I've completely lost it on that show. But on when I hosted BT Calgary, I lost it at times. And, and it's a long time, three hours. Yeah. And also there would be producers that would like, you know, you get a last minute script or something like that, you know, some little tidbit and they would write something in there that was designed entirely to crack you up. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay. Just a couple more here. Um, okay. What's the bigger rush? Live music or live TV? I'm going to say uh, in terms of a rush, live music, because it's um, there's like an instant gratification. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Right? Like it's, you know, there's a there's an audience right in front of you. TV, I mean, the TV that I do hasn't been in front of a live studio audience. So mm -hmm. I'm not getting that reciprocity. So it's exciting, but I mean, I'm generally in like kind of an empty studio. So it's not, not the same, not the same rush. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. This one's awesome. What does your daughter think when you're on live TV? <laughs> Can I swear? <laughs> Yes, I might she gives, it. she gives zero. Like she's 10. <laughs> she gives no craps. Like she is so blase about what it is I do. Um, she's just, yeah, I think she's just kind of over it. There are times where I can see maybe she's a little bit proud, but you know, like she'd be, if I interviewed Alessia Cara or somebody that she liked, mm -hmm. she would be proud of that. But hockey she's like me so funny oh my gosh all right those are the questions they were great i love it i'm going to just breeze over some of the takeaways that i got from your story of oh obviously overcoming your fears it's it's really comes down to jumping in being aware that you are your own person and letting go of that title that is with you. Um, I think that's so important for people to understand and also understanding that timelines are different for everyone and they're not short. You're not just going to change things on a dime and it's, it's going to be scary and they're going to be ups and downs for sure throughout this. Mm -hmm. Also no socks and sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. I'm with you. No socks and sandals. No. I love it. All right. So we got a couple plugs for you. One is your meditation for people who can't sit still. Yeah. So I I guess, gosh, it's been almost two months now of doing it. Um, Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern on my Instagram live, I bring in um, guest meditation instructors. Meditate. Just the very short story is that meditation has been a part of my life for almost my whole life. So I uh, you know, I have a, a great resource of friends who are instructors and we do a 
quick instruction and chat and meditation. So every Monday morning, 10 a.m. I listened in. I highly recommend it. Thank you. Um, And then the next one is very exciting. Does, will this happen every Saturday? It's the Budweiser stage at home. Yeah. So we've got four booked. I mean, I'd love to see it extend, but right now it's a four part series. Um, These are some pretty big recording artists who, you know, like many of us are um, practicing physical distancing. And so instead of hitting the stage, they are at their homes, but it's super high quality recordings, both audio and video. I'm at the venue Budweiser stage in in Toronto. So I'm chatting with them there um, from their home. So I'm there. So it's, yeah, it's kind of a neat thing. It's, it's artists that you would see at that venue if you could, but this is certainly the next best thing. I honestly am stoked because I'm on the West Coast and I wouldn't get to see them normally. So I'm going to be tuning in for sure. (laughs) Yes. And that's Saturday evenings, eight o'clock on City TV. Yeah. I'll put all those links um, in the notes for the podcast. Thank you so much for being on Dropping In. And where can everyone find you online? Well, I think the your best bet now, since my website is becoming dreadfully out of date, is I'm pretty active on social media. So just yeah. at Tara Sloan on Twitter, on Instagram, and, and Facebook, you'll find me there. Oh my gosh, have I been saying Tara and you're Tara? Oh, I don't correct. Like, it's my parents call me Tara. Some people call me Tara. I call myself Tara, but you don't have to worry. No, but my sister's name is Tara. So now I'm a oh, fool. So I funny. apologize. Because <laughs> that's a very English way to say it. And then I feel like we're in Canada and now we say Tara. So Tara Sloan. There you go. No, Thank it's you totally for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Dropping In, a podcast with me, Mercedes. Thank you for having me. On the next episode of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes Nickel, I interview the voice behind some of your kids' favorite cartoon characters, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tenderheart on the Care Bears, and he's also completed seven Iron Mans. Drop in next Thursday. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. 
It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. 